Welcome to the podcast that fuels the minds of ambitious business owners. Fuel provides business owners like you with easy to digest, bite-sized learnings to help grow your capability and keep you on track to achieving your version of success. Our expert speakers will draw on their own experiences and share valuable insights into areas that matter most in business. Hey, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Paul Hobbs. And I'm joined on this podcast today by Jason Keane, who is the director of Plus More in Wellington, and Rachel Woods, who's leader of the Bay of Plenty Plus More team. Today, we're going to fuel your mind on all things talent. Guys, how do you create, maintain, and manage a high-performing team? Um, I guess first, it might be easiest to talk about what is a high-performing team, because a lot of people don't, you hear it in sports, but you don't necessarily hear it in a business sense. So the characteristics of a high-performing team are um, trust, clear communication, defined roles and responsibilities, um, an engaged leader, uh, and a collective goal. So in able to sort of create that team, it's really all about your hiring strategy. So part of that, and a bit of a buzzword at the moment, is um, being able to communicate your why. So your why is ultimately your business's purpose. Um, so why are you operating? And being able to actually, within those conversations, when you're hiring people and even to your existing staff, um, being able to always start those conversations with why you're in business. So they know why you're in business, you know why you're in business, and you have that collective purpose of uh, why you're all there. So you're creating a team environment from that sense. It's tough though, isn't it, Jason, because you can have all of that, but you've still got to find and attract those people. And I guess you can have that alignment. How can you get it over the line and acquiring talent when the market's so tight at the moment? Yeah, obviously it's it's uh, no secret that it's a really tight labor market out there. Um, and it's tough and businesses are having to look at new ways to attract talent. So I think it's easy for business owners uh, to get um, caught up with purely cash remuneration. Um, and there's only so far you can go with that. And additionally, um, I think good staff are looking for more than that these days. Um, sure, it's a big part of of, of why um, you know talent might come to your business, but it's the the extras and and, and non cash um, remuneration which um, is quite attractive to um, to employees. You know, so that might be. Um, you know, having a flexible working environment, um, providing other benefits like healthcare and and things like that, um, they are increasingly um, are really important to employees. Yeah, and I think in your job adverts, um, being able to actively communicate your culture. Um, so, say if you're doing things like um, if you've got broader outcomes within your business, so if you're actively engaged in the community, it's making sure that people are aware of that. So, it's People want to get that feeling of belonging when you're at work because you're spending more time at work than you are at home. So you need to be able to make, be able to create those connections through your um, job advertisements. So I guess that comes back to that sort of leadership, doesn't it, where you can inspire people and, and sort of want them to be part of, a, I guess, a wider family. Is it that sort of thing within that that framework? Yeah. So in a lot of small businesses, they do pri- um, pride themselves on having that family-type um, culture. Um, I think the big part of a family culture is trust. So, um, 
so you give trust rather than earning trust and that's really an important aspect with um, when you're dealing with employees is that um, to, in order to get the most uh, productivity out of them you do need to trust that they are capable and that they are wanting to do it. Um, that doesn't mean that you trust blindly but you give family members trust so you should also give your employees trust and then it's also around that clear communication piece so um, making sure that people are feeling involved so um, when things are changing in your business uh, making sure that the employees when they can I know at the start they might not necessarily be able to but as soon as it reaches that point that staff could get involved, um, bringing in them into those conversations and making them feel like they're invo involved in business decisions rather than an outsider looking in. I think that communication point's really important because I think too often as business owners we make assumptions as to you know what drives individuals and we probably draw in our own experience of what drives us, but that's not necessarily going to be the case for everyone. So I think communicating with with, with your team and really getting an understanding of what drives them, what's important to them, um, really helps you understand, well, uh, we'll set up, uh, you know, a, a structure for them or a remuneration package or whatever it is that um, really aligns with, with, with why, they're, why they're with the business. So you touched on it earlier about that, that it's not always about money. So we've got qualitative drivers and quantitative drivers. Can you just differentiate between those things? They're the, the things, I guess, that make us want to go to work and why we want to be there? Yeah, so a quantitative driver is something that can be measured by a number. So it's something like remuneration or it's um, having parking, um, bonuses, things like that. Um, qualitative uh, cannot be measured by or not easily measured by numbers. So it's things like flexible working, it's um, involvement in the community other, and other broader outcomes. So it's, it's more of the feeling that uh, staff get rather than the actual physical dollar amount or, yeah. It just seems that a cookie cutter approach is not wise because obviously what drives one might not be the driver for another. So how do you, how do you sort of weigh up those, those qualitative and quantitative things? Because it must be a moving feast all the time. Yeah, it is. And I think um, it's like if you relate it to a business, so um, you, your strategy and where you're headed always ever evolves. And so and so does everyone's motivation. So it's really important to have those regular cadence meetings with your staff um, to be able to see what actually motivates them. So creating a, like a development plan model with them where you're having a one-to-one -one catch up and tracking their individual goals. And those goals don't necessarily have to be related to the business. It's related to what is motivating them. Then you can actually understand th those drivers. You're probably going to get under the skin a little bit and be able to find out uh, are they motivated by things at work or are they motivated more by things at home? Are they wanting to um, grow their career or are they wanting to be able to take a little bit of a step back to be able to spend some more time with their family? It, it really, like you say, it's not a cookie-cutter approach, but making sure you're able to actually have those active conversations and a formal process where they know that they can have those open discussions with you is really important. It's not an easy thing to do, though, is it? Because if you go up to your boss and say, I just need more money, he's, he or she is going to say, mm, not sure I can measure that. So that can't be an easy discussion to have because if it is about home life, you might want more time off or other things. 
they, those things don't always work with with a with an owner, do they? So how do you how can you be really honest without getting offensive? I guess. Yeah, so I think we need to remember here that <clears throat> you can't you can't just do everything the employee wants you to do. Like there's there's a there's a balance here. There's what works for the employee, but it also has to work for the business. And ultimately, if if you're doing things for certain employees that ultimately affects the whole culture of the uh, of the business. You're going to have other all sorts of other issues. So while it's important that you work with employees and on their their particular goals and what they want, what drives them, it's also making sure it still fits in with the whole culture. You know, a good example might be flexible working. Um, you know, employees might have a real desire to work predominantly from home. Um, and what I've seen with other businesses is, you know, if, if you're doing too much of that the team becomes a bit detached, the culture starts to slip a little bit. And so while um, the individuals might think, you know, that's working for them on an individual basis, it actually develops into a, a trickier work environment and work culture. And ultimately, I've, I've seen instances where those individuals have actually started to not enjoy things as much. So I think it's making sure that whilst we still want to, um, you know, make sure our employees are happy and Doing what we can to, to you know, attract and maintain the staff by, um, you know, aligning everything with their drivers. We still need to make sure that the t- the business as a whole is still getting what it needs as well. Yeah, and I think that comes down to the communication piece as well. So you really need to so when they um, express what they're after, you need to be able to communicate if it's not going to be something that you can achieve, why it can't be achieved. So. A customer of mine, um, they actually did it really well. So one of, um, they've had been having some issues with people expecting flexible working. Um, and so they posed the question to them, so why do you expect that you should be able to work from home, but the people who are actually producing our product, so our other staff members have to be um, at the office every single day. There's no opportunity for them. They can't, they can't build our product from home. So why, why do they have to come to work? And often they're the lowest paid, come to work every day, but you are able to go in and out whenever you desire. So it's being able to actually communicate the why, again, why the the policy is that. And if you can actively communicate that in in a way that they will be able to understand that there is a a reason for it, it's not just a a strict policy, then I think uh, the customers, oh, sorry, the employee is going to be more engaged with that. I think it's also important to acknowledge, right, it is tough. It's tough. And... Um, you can't just become a, uh, a good manager of talent overnight and uh, it's something you'll develop. Um, and I think like as long as you're learning from the mistakes you make and, 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 and work, keep working on it, like you'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's worth acknowledging that it's, it's not an easy thing. Because um, the power but, is with the worker at the moment, isn't it? Because you know, you've, you've got a, a sort of a shortage of uh, workers, you know, and, uh, and I'm just wondering, Therefore, that honesty is really important, I guess. Yeah, so it costs less to retain a staff member than to hire a staff member. Um, So the more that you can do to keep them and keep them happy is great. But you also need to understand that you don't necessarily want to keep people working for you that don't want to work for you. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. And so, yeah, like you say, it comes down to uh, those active conversations, being completely honest and... Um, just being able to see what's going to motivate them. And sometimes I've, I've had a customer who um, they 
knew that people were going to leave and so they offered a retention bonus and that worked but ultimately it was just changing when they were going to leave they it wasn't going to make them happier and it wasn't going to make them stick around it was just give it buying that per, that business six months to be able to find someone else um, and ultimately then it sets a tone within the business that people can ultimately hold you ransom um, so you need to be able to navigate that as well so it uh, they have found it's been actually a, a whole lot of backlash because that person didn't keep what happened a secret and now there's a whole lot of expectation that if you threaten to leave you're going to get a yeah, more, more, more money. Yeah. yeah and sometimes you have to make tough decisions like there, there could be people within your organization who uh, say from a financial point of view make you a lot of money um, and perform very well in that sense um, but they are at complete odds with the culture and the values of the business and ultimately that's causing issues for the wider team causing turnover of staff it's really tough to say to sit down with that person you know conscious that they're an important part of your business financially um, and and make some tough calls um, but ultimately I've seen it with 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 my own clients um, in the long run those decisions, putting the, the values and the culture and the vision of the, the business first, ultimately they, they build a stronger team in the long run. Yeah, yeah you don't, like they say, it, um, you, it all it takes is one bad egg, so mm. um, you don't necessarily want to reward people for bad behaviour, even if they are performing. It would seem that people have got to be reasonably inventive, though, in terms of looking at ways that perhaps in those qualitative areas that they can, when money's tight, that they can look to accommodate people without bending themselves over backwards and, and, and upsetting the culture. But, but that inventiveness or sort of thinking outside the square in terms of keeping staff, is that quite important? Yeah, I think um, it seems like a very, it's really important for people to, especially in um, the regions to be involved within the community so if you can um, develop the culture around that um, your team is going to maybe spend a day volunteering it's being able to build the relationships within your team nice. but it's also giving them that that like win that they're actually able to help other people and that their boss is paying them to be able to help other people you know it's, it's just creating those small wins for your employees and being able to make them feel a sense of I'm what I'm doing is doing good rather than I'm just producing my boss money. We've touched on a few of these, but just briefly, some of the big mistakes you've seen when it comes to staff retention. I think you've talked about just chucking money at something and it backfires, but are there some other big, big sort of blaring, you know, neon light mistakes that you've seen from employers? I think there's a couple of general things. One is that I see quite a lot is not doing what you say you will. So you make a, a, a promise or an undertaking um, to an employee, it might be you know, you know, the offer of you know partnership or um, or uh, you know growth to a certain position, um, and not following through for that, through with that, um, has huge repercussions in terms of that that trust, um, and ultimately the relationship tends to break down. So I think that's a key. That's one key key area. Yeah, and I'd also say practice what you preach. So if you're saying that um, you're expecting people to be in the office every day or four days out of five, then you also need to be four days out of five. Because if people are seeing you behaving in a certain manner, people tend to mimic their boss's behavior. So you can't, you can't have one standard for yourself and another standard for your employees. I, I think it, it always comes back to communication. Like um, 
if you can engage the team. So, for instance, it might be, hey, the, the, the team culture and morale seems to be slipping a bit. Put it back to the team. What, 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 will, what will they enjoy? Is it a fortnightly morning tea? Is it a quarterly you know, event as a team? Um, you know, drinks on a Friday. Put, put it on the team. Get them engaged in it and invested in it. And, and you'll, you'll see um, that culture flourish. Jason, Rachel, that's invaluable advice, I'm sure, for many business owners. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to Fuel. Make sure to follow Fuel wherever you get your podcasts.